بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد This is part two of English translation of the talk Marriage and Fear of Allah by Mufti Dr. Ismaili Dawat Barakatuhum In a hadith the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Hazrat Ali radiyallahu anhu There are three matters in which you should not procrastinate When a janaza, the burial of a dead body, is ready, do not delay praying the salah of janaza. When the time for a salah has started, then pray it as soon as you can. Do not delay it unnecessarily. When an appropriate suitor is available for an unmarried girl, then do not delay in conducting the nikah. In another hadith, the Holy Prophet said that if you do not get the girls married when appropriate suitors are available for them, then discord will spread in this world. It means that if you block the way of halal, then haram will spread in this world. Today we have made nikah as complex as Sharia had made it simple. In Sharia, all a nikah requires is for one person to make a proposal to, of nikah, the other person to accept that proposal in presence of two witnesses. Even the khutbah of nikah is not obligatory for the validity of nikah. But today we have added an incredible amount of rituals to it. There must be an engagement, a mehendi, and many more rituals. The invitation of hundreds of guests and the nikah cannot be conducted without all this pomp and affair. And those of us who are more well-off than others do not even realize or do not care how we have made things difficult for those who are less financially fortunate than us by creating these expectations. In a hadith, the Holy Prophet said, announce the nikah publicly and conduct it in masajid. The difference between haram and halal is that haram activities are often conducted, conducted surreptitiously and are hidden from everyone else. Therefore, Sharia has declared it necessary that nikah should be conducted and announced publicly. So that everybody should come to know that so-and-so has gotten married to so-and-so. In the second sentence of this hadith, the Holy Prophet has advised us to conduct nikah in masajid and it has been declared a sunnah. As mentioned previously, nikah is an ibadat, it's a commandment from Allah Ta'ala and is a sunnah of the Holy Prophet Just like praying salah is an ibadat, nikah is also an ibadat. And that is why we have been advised to conduct it in Masajid. In another hadith, while the Holy Prophet said that nikah should be conducted in Masajid, he also said that refrain from creating noise like the bazaar. What the Holy Prophet is pointing out is that while it's preferable to conduct nikah in Masajid, it is a sin to create undue noise in Masjid. People should be mindful that while trying to follow one sunnah, they should not get involved in committing another sin. Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi used to say that the relationship between two spouses cannot be happy and blissful until both of them have taqwa, that is fear of Allah, in their hearts. No relationship in this world can be more intimate, more private than the relationship between two spouses. A significant part of that relationship is conducted in such privacy that it can never be shared with other people. If one of them violates the rights of rights of the other, 
or hurts them in some way in that privacy. There's no one to stop them from doing so as no one is watching them. There are many rights for the violation of which some reparation or recompense can be obtained through the courts. Whether there are many rights that spouses have towards each other that cannot be claimed through the courts. For example, the court can force the husband to pay monthly expenses to the wife. However, if a husband is always rude to the wife or keeps making derogatory or disparaging comments towards her, then no court in this world can provide any reparation for the hurt and pain such comments cause to a spouse's heart. Only if a husband has taqwa, that is fear of Allah in his heart, and he firmly believes it's always mindful that one day will have to account for everything he does or says to his wife in front of Allah Ta'ala, then he will make uh, every effort to fulfill his wife's rights fully and properly do, due to, that are due towards her, even when no other human being is watching him. There is no police, no court, no government that can make spouses behave properly and affectionately towards each other when they are in the privacy of their homes or their bedroom. It's only fear of Allah which can make them do so. One of my acquaintances was once started telling me proudly that when he enters his home, his wife and children cannot dare to speak to him unless he speaks to them first or disobey him. He was saying, he was saying this to prove how manly a person he was. I said to him, that the behavior you are describing may be a source of pride for a beast, but not for a human being. That behavior of a human being should be what Hazrat Aisha Anha has described about the Holy Prophet that whenever he entered his home, he always had a smile on his face. And in all the time she spent with him, he never scolded her harshly. This is the example which all of us should be following and which a person can practice consistently only when he has taqwa in his heart. There are so many complexities in a marital relationship that unless spouses have taqwa in their hearts, it's very difficult to fulfill each other's rights and obligations fully and to refrain from hurting the other person's feelings. It's only through having knowledge of the sunnah of the Holy Prophet about his behavior at home and with his family and having the motivation to follow the sunnah of the Holy Prophet and through fear of Allah and the constant awareness that one day we'll have to account for all our actions in front of Allah Ta'ala and his spouses can truly discharge their rights towards each other properly. That is why it has been said that fear Allah when discharging the rights of your relations because one day you will have to account for each and every action you undertook in relation to them. In addition to the verses of the Holy Quran mentioned above, there are some ahadiths of the Holy Prophet which are also recited in the khutbah of Nikah. In one of these ahadiths, the Holy Prophet said, Nikah is my sunnah. This points to the fact that Nikah is not just a worldly affair. It is an ibadat. This also means that in reality, there is no difference between deen and dunya. Deen means religion, dunya means uh, worldly affairs. It is only a matter of perspective. Many of the same matters which are considered worldly affairs become deen with a change of perspective 
सकता है और करेक्शन ऑफ नियत दैट इज इंटेंशन एमसन और एंड सम अल्टरेशन इन वेज ऑफ डूइंग थिंग्स निकाह इज आल्सो दीन बाइंग एंड सेलिंग इज आल्सो दीन कंडक्टिंग वंस बिजनेस इज आल्सो दीन एम्प्लॉयमेंट इज आल्सो दीन एंड हैविंग क्वालिटी टाइम विद स्पाउस एंड किड्स इज आल्सो दीन एज लॉन्ग एज अ पर्सन कंडक्ट्स ऑल दीज एक्टिविटीज विद इन द बाउंड्री सेट बाय शरिया and with an intention of pleasing allah taala all of these same activities become deen hazrat alama shabir ahmed usmani rahmatullah alai used to say that heaven and earth is that spouses have harmony between them and that they are pious if either of these elements is missing then life becomes hell and becomes very unpleasant the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if a person has been granted three blessings in this world that he is really lucky a spacious home a pious woman and a comfortable ride however if these three blessings go awry then his life becomes a burden <clears throat> in this hadith is it has been employed implied uh, that while choosing a spouse a person should also consider how god fearing and religiously minded their prospective spouses as the true benefits of having a happy marital life cannot be obtained without it wa akhiru dawana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin